0: I was scripted for 960 milligrams of OxyContin for three decades, Jeez. chased with 100 milligrams of Adderall, prescribed, okay? Yeah. Then trying to sleep on Ambien and Xanax as the roller coaster of yeah. that. I was north of, I was quite a few ho-hos six years ago, north of 320 pounds, yeah. getting scripted for 90 to 100 pounds of Vivance. Were you just like
1: constantly in a daze? Good seeing you, man. Good seeing you, bro. How's life been? Excellent, actually. Yeah, yeah. The, Looking
0: um, good, feeling good. The the health and wellness that I've started. Yeah. You know, you and me have joked. Are we start now. You want to go? Yeah, we're, we're rocking, man. You no, know, because the uh, I say this joke. Yeah. I say this joke. This is the best I felt this century. Yeah. I retired in nineteen ninety seven, sitting here today. <laughs> Were you born yet? I was born in 92. <laughs> 92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A budding five-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I, I joke around, um, and unfortunately, I kind of say it cavalierly, but having, and you've heard me say, 40 surgeries, Yeah. Uh, 80-some broken bones, almost 100 concussions. Um, back in the day when concussions were basically talked about from being unconscious, not the seeing stars, subconcussive blows that are really smaller concussions sure. too, but then like the 14 seizures and, you know, being in a coma, the last two for 72 and 96 hours. And embarrassingly being over medicated mm-hmm. since I retired in the late nineties, um, had, and I think probably north of 50, some pills a day. Mm. I, I look at statistics today where the average 50 year old takes four to eight pills, the average eighty-year-old takes twenty. Yeah. Here I am retiring at thirty-three years old, and I'm north of fifty. So the long-term damage that 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 did, um, being prescribed for stuff like that, um, added probably added to some of the, the physical issues that I had. So being able now to figure out, you know, in five years, not have to take any medication, to be basically being my own functional medicine doctor. Yeah. The, Holistic regime that I do to um, four and a half years ago to be told by doctors you have five years left of cognitive brain function to to be told um, by by other doctors that you have frontal temporal dementia almost yeah. the same thing that Bruce Willis has yeah to, to the inability to even say cognitive or <laughs> frontal temporal dementia and remember what the hell that is yeah. was almost impossible. It was impossible five, six, seven years ago. I'm not but, looking. but that's incredible, though. You know, four years ago that
1: you were diagnosed that they said basically you'd essentially be brain dead. Is that what they were
0: saying, that you'd have no cognitive function, function in five years? Well, the, unfortunately, if you, uh, with the frontal temporal yeah. and, and the way if you look at my brain and PET scans, um, the right frontal lobe where you have short-term memory, four to ten seconds, is basically caved in. And when you have that, it starts at the front, and like the name frontal temporal, it starts evolving its way back. So when I had that type of, um, you know, statements being made to me, of course you're fearful yeah. and nervous as hell right off the bat, and then you um, uh, you're, you're having those seizures too. So literally, you're you're in and out of a coma on the last two. When were you having seizures? So that was. Ironically, or sadly, of the fourteen or fifteen, they were probably double-digit ones, who were in and around airplanes, mm. in airports, post flights, or flat out on flights. Yeah, wow. So. This one you're talking, or I'm talking about what you're asking about. Well, in, in
1: like years though, like what, what? in playing days or after playing days?
0: 2016. That's when it really started happening. I flopped on, I was actually going to an NFL um, disability concussion evaluation sure. <laughs> test. Yeah. They don't let you go in Northeastern Ohio. We have some of the greatest medicine in the world But University Hospital, Cleveland Clinic. Yeah. The league flies you around the country. So I was flying from Tampa to kansas city to chicago and it's there's something with this that i can't prove with altitude yeah that must affect you so in first class at in the o'hare airport i flopped Hmm. and 96 hours later i wake up in the hospital post a concussion or post a seizure and i'm not picking on doctors this isn't about uh, liability or trying to say you're right, it was about really survival. Yeah. And the doc comes in and says, hey, you're doing great, you're a tough guy, keep up with your prescriptions and protocols. Yeah. And like, bro, I'm dying yeah. here, okay?
1: I got that same advice when I was playing football, which bashed my head in Hey, you know? just keep going out there and playing, because that was kind of the, the the culture back then, was just keep going out and keep going out
0: no matter what. Yeah, that, that was the mantra. So, you know, I'm on this century, I mean, I'd say like three plus decades of doing that, and I'd had ideas, premonitions that 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 wasn't the right pathway. But when you're in that situation, and then bluntly, you're on that many pills, you're flat out addicted yeah, too. So sure. how do you get off of it? It's easier said than done. Twenty twenty-three knowledge is a lot different than nineteen ninety-seven or two thousand seven or. 2017, mm-hmm. when I was having um, this last seizure in yep. the O'Hare airport and stuff. So to have understand that, and that's kind of, it's ironic that it's, today's October 19th, and it's kind of launch date for my COSAR Wellness, Yeah, but this is kind of a, the five, five and a half year evolution of what I started that day. I God, Austin, like you're looking me in the eyes, I could still see yeah. foggy coming out of Uh, That seizure, that that coma and the doc looking at me and with real genuineness, like you're a tough guy, man. You could do this, you know, keep up with these prescriptions. And I'm like, dude, I would start my day with three to four high blood pressures, three to four anti-inflammation pills, three to four cholesterol. These anti-inflammation pills, they're not schedule one narcotics. They sound good. Anti-inflammation. Yeah. We do want to modulate inflammation in whatever we do. Inflammation is the root of disease, but so an anti-inflammation pill that I was on since 1982. Hmm. Okay, um, being you're going on three and a half decades of things like that. Um, anti-inflammation pills like butazolidine, where you're too young to remember that in 1973 the Triple Crown winner was Secretariat, won the Triple Crown in yep. horse racing that he was on a steroid called butazolidine. Humans aren't supposed to be on So they were giving you that? For seven years. Oh, my gosh. It eats and erodes your stomach, okay? So there's a massive, besides the destruction of your stomach, there's a massive connectivity right now yeah. between your gut health and mm-hmm. leaky gut and your brain. Mental illness, depression, suicide, Um uh, is things that uh, are predominant in our country. They were big predominant um, before COVID. COVID, uh, I think, has amplified sure. some of that. And coming out of that in this last year or two, they, I think, unfortunately, that issue is getting bigger. Um, I like to sit here and be cool here. I'm in the Channel 3 studios. I'm here with you, Austin. I like to pretend to be... In a, 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 Uh, enough uh, to be clear you are very cool well thank you but to have to have issues and to have played to play in that world of massive anxiety of self-doubt of depression of so many um i know way too many of my friends i i was talking the other day um it's tough to say i don't say this for effect yeah matter of fact I prefer not to talk about it, yeah. and for so many decades, a lot of us didn't because it's, it's, it's a tough one, too, and we're not doing it for effect. But so many of our friends, I started this journey before this with Junior Seau and Dave Durison. Yeah. I played against Dave Durison in college at University of Notre Dame, played against with the 85 Bears and how tough they, they were. Yeah. Junior Seau um, was a brother, young brother of mine. Played against him. Was in the NFL quarterback club together, trying to find types of therapies and strategies to help us get by. We know in 2023, the magnitude of of concussions and mental illness as men. It's it's challenging to talk about it in 2023. Yeah. You for sure did not talk about it 20 years in, ago. Yeah,
1: 19- 1990s. In yeah, the 80s and 90s. And especially being a uh, a, a legend to most you know a, a tough guy you're known yeah. as like a tough guy or yeah. gridiron guy when was it able for you when, when when were you like I need to start talking about because now obviously you're super open about it yeah. and you know even when we first met last year that's a lot of what we talked about and your you know your growth uh but also not just your growth but your struggles too when were you you kind of put the the pride away because I'm sure that you held it up for a long time.
0: What what was it inside you? You're like, I got to talk about this, you know, because I need to normalize this. Yeah, You know, Austin, that's that's really a super cool point is it's not easy to say. It wasn't something that uh, four, five, three years ago, I was really capable of saying Mm. there's, there's the first, there's the initial reaction just as an egotistical man that you want to pretend you're all knowing, you're all smart, your brain's perfect and your body's perfect. Sure. For any of you young kids out there, when I was your guys age, (laughs) the the 55 to 65 year old guys that said that they were lying. Yeah. Okay. You are not at your peak. I am not. And it's not just because of football. It is a process that is, um, you know, that goes on with you.
1: Well, and even too, I mean, we're, we're here in 2023 and not, I mean, just males alone, I feel like, and I mean, a lot of people it's tough to talk about mental health and just your health in general, but also you are on this unbelievable pedestal in Cleveland. I mean, still mm-hmm. in 2023, we're talking about you were the best quarterback you know, since uh, Otto Graham, you know, in in Cleveland. Um, that you know, must have been even
0: harder for you to put
1: down that pride uh, to, to continue to talk about
0: well, it. Well, thanks. It's a super honor. My cranium is massively inflated <laughs> with the Otto Graham statement. So thank you, young brother. I appreciate that. Um, but one of the things over probably the last 18 months, two years, and it kind of coincides with our, our relationship and friendship, sure. you know, yeah. all of that, that I've become more embracing of talking about it one mainly it's because there's such a need out in society right now i mean my god in cleveland just this week we've had or in ohio we've had over 100 people already overdose death Mm. this week in the state of ohio um in the last 12 months we're trending towards 110,000 people um have uh overdose deaths already yeah and and i saw a scary stat in northeast ohio that six out of ten pills on the street are laced with fentanyl right now unbelievable doing um so you're, you're having issues like that i love october it's breast cancer awareness month a lot of the health and wellness that i'm doing absolutely is trying to put your body in a position to heal itself but you know, we're talking about the overdose deaths of almost 110,000 people. We're talking about north of 100 people in our state already yeah. dying this, this week of it. Um, September was National uh, Suicide Prevention Month. Mm-hmm. Austin, I could have, should have been one, either one of those two statistics. So to have realized I could have been one of those, to see the people struggling with it, to see the people that are out there with it. One, I almost felt it was a responsibility of it. And then secondarily in the last 18 months, and even in particular the last six months, um, and it isn't just today because ironically, it's my launch date for Kosar Wellness. Yeah. And it's I promise you, it's not a shameless plug to sure. transition the business. No, because I mean, what you
1: guys are doing is trying to help people and get them off these pills that could potentially be addicting and you know uh, lead to horrible things. Right,
0: the- absolutely. So- I was so convinced that I had to start my day a certain way with the three or four uh, high blood pressures, the three or four cholesterols, the three or four anti-inflammation pills. I was scripted for 960 milligrams of OxyContin for three decades, chased with 100 milligrams of Adderall, prescribed, okay? Then trying to sleep on Ambien and Xanax as the roller coaster of that. I was north of... I was quite a few ho-hos six years ago, north of 320 pounds, getting scripted for 90 to 100 pounds of Vyvanse. I have a 90-pound daughter who is nine years old getting scripted for north of 100 pounds or 100 milligrams of Vyvanse. Mm. Something's wrong in society when kids like that are getting scripted like old men who have those issues. So. Um, well, essentially, felt-
1: it's, it's your, you're putting yourself up, and then you're, you you got to bring something else to medium. You're out, right.
0: and that, that's essentially what they were prescribing you. It sounds yeah, like. Were you just like constantly in a daze? I don't know if it's probably constantly in a daze slash brain fog, sure. for sure. And that that's what has fueled my obsession towards, towards the, the functional medicine, health, and wellness. I mean, heck, we're doing this today. I'm calling you early here at Channel 3 Studios yeah. as a guy who couldn't get out of bed without 25 pills in the morning to come here now today where I'm doing modified intermittent fasting, um, understanding how to do digestive enzymes, proteolytic enzymes, trace minerals, optimizing my D level, um, to be able to be here today and be cognitively present, to be functioning and wanting to be here without as much as much yeah. still, it's not perfect. Yeah, as much of the anxiety, the nerves, the ability to understand that I'm still talking to Austin Love. Yeah, you know, to understand what I'm still messaging about in terms of. Um, uh, being able to talk and articulate a concise message—that sure. wasn't always the case. And um, when I felt like um, the issues were out there in society, which they definitely are, and then I—I I, I don't say this to look good or to promote myself. It's almost like um, here is what I'm doing, so that you could feel kind of this relief. A-
1: absolutely, and I think so many people are, you know, have relied on anything that they could possibly get their hands on to try to get them to that point. But what you're saying is, you know, kind of go that natural holistic route. Um, and that's what you're going to be. That's what you're promoting right now with cosarwellness.com Was there a moment, maybe it was that, that 2017 seizure where you're like, I have to get off. This train. I have to do something different or I could potentially die.
0: Yeah, Austin, it was exactly that. It, yeah, was, it was that, that seizure. Yeah. It was coming out of it. It was that doctor coming in. And again, I'm not picking on, but sure. saying, yeah. he goes, You're doing great. You're tough. Yeah. Keep up with it. And and, um, and to say you should stay on those pills for the rest of your life, that sentence was like, um, and again, I'm not trying to say it for effect. I, and you, you had said it it felt like that was going to be a death sentence. And mm-hmm. I'd said it maybe 10 minutes ago, and I'm proud that I still remember I said it 10 minutes ago. Yeah. I really should have, I would have been a statistic. Yeah.
1: And, and this all comes from your playing days. Let's talk a little bit about just like the the attitude, you know, because right, right now I, I think it's interesting. We're talking about uh, Deshaun Watson just walking in here and, you know, I'm a huge sports talk, you know, radio fan here in Cleveland and uh, listening to it and the, the callers being like, well, he should have played, he should have played, he should have played. But that's kind of the difference that we're seeing now. It's around that NFL player safety where back in your day, I've heard interviews with you. They did concussion tests, but then they'd teach you how to cheat the concussion tests. <laughs> yeah,
0: the old, the old school con- concussion tests. And technology's gotten so much better. I'm holding my phone out there. Yeah. So now the concussion evaluation test is done before the year. And you do it on a phone app. So they get you in July when you're co- supposedly cognitively present yeah. to see what your baseline is. And then during a game, they will see if, where that baseline is. Now, there are some creative guys that try to throw off that baseline in the, co- in the test uh, today. Sure. But in the old days, it was just a finger test. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they would tell you in training camp, hey, if you come out, man, the training doc's going to come out and you're going to have a finger test and – it's not going to be one because that's too easy. Yeah. And it's not going to be three because he may miss that. Yeah. So it's always two. <laughs> it's always two. Yeah. yeah. I had one against uh, the first time I got my couple of my teeth knocked out. The Mark Gastineau um, rough in the pass or Jets double overtime game. I get hit late. I had thrown two picks to blow the game, or I thought blow the game. So I was all mad at myself. He knocks me out. I didn't wear – and young kids out there, I've said this. um, I'm not proud of it. Sure. I I audible a lot. Wear a mouthpiece. Wear Mm. a mouthpiece. Oh, you didn't wear a mouthpiece. I didn't wear a mouthpiece. Mm. So hockey players in the 80s don't have their front teeth. University of Miami quarterbacks. Why, did, why didn't you do? It? You just didn't. I I, I talked so much, oh. and I audible during the game, sure. and and I had some issues with coaches who said they can't understand you. Yeah. Um. When you have your mouthpiece in, which actually was a premonition, probably of when I did too many pills later in life that you couldn't understand me. Sure. So I took it out. Um. So I got my not back teeth knocked out. Mm. Um, from Gaston and stuff. So, laying there at the ground, uh, back then also. You also, and again, don't do this uh, for the kids, but so you didn't, you had smelling salts and they would put a pocket in my um, pants and while they're laying on top, you'd be able to break the smelling salts and you have like 10 or 15 seconds to kind of breathe that. Sure. To kind of collect your thoughts. So as that's happening, the trainers come out and the docs come out and they're like, hey, um, you got a concussion, you're going to have to come up. I go, no, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. They go, okay, let's do the test. And I was impatient, and before I could get anything out, they go with their fingers up. I go two. They go, you're cheating! You're cheating! <laughs> I didn't put it out. I go, I can't have a. I don't have a concussion. I'm Nostradamus. I see the future. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you were gonna put up two.
1: <laughs> was there ever a time when you know you're dropping back for a pass, and you know after one of those big hits, and you know you didn't want to come out, or you know you, you did the you lied about it, where you know you're seeing double or triple, you know, and just kind of toss it up there there for a pass or something like that? Because I'm sure that. Because you're, you know, the few times that I've been knocked, it's like, oh my gosh,
0: like I can't imagine. But then getting nailed by a three hundred pounder, you know what? You became and I, again, I don't recommend this, and this is actually why I super enjoyed, super enjoyed when my my son stopped playing football. Yeah, um, I love the sport. I love what it got for me. I love how it taught me. I mean, heck, we're joking today. That's so why I was early coming down here today. I mean, it taught you some cool life lessons sure. of, of how, to, how to do things. But the the actual um, issues that you go through with that are, are, are too much. Yeah. It's the,
1: it's the after effects of what, what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're so glad to see you doing well and getting on this path to, to wellness and, and things like that, you know. So, um, yeah, we're, we're happy for you there. Thank you, Billy. Now, this is a stupid question, but I think it's an important question from a fan. Um, I'm at the, the game uh, on Sunday, okay, and I catch myself and other people, and, you know, anyone that's watched football will see someone and, be, and watch the quarterback miss a wide open receiver and be like, oh, I could have made that pass. Exactly how hard is it to play quarterback in the NFL? Oh,
0: gosh. <laughs> and, you know, as you're saying that, you know, and it, we we you'd ask me about Deshaun. Yeah. And and it, to that question, slash Deshaun could be a little lengthy on it, but it's hard on its own. <laughs> but, like, I had that, that micro tear yeah. of the rotator, and I got what Deshaun's going through now and what he has and what he's up against with that, and... It's hard enough on its own in perfect conditions yeah. to throw and make those throws that I that you just asked. That I want to joke about, but man, when you have like that, and we were joking before the air about uh, the labrum. Yeah, during my labrum. And, yeah, and the I broken. wasn't an NFL
1: quarterback, you know, but it's uh, I, I still I was I was a, an average high school pitcher. So, but it ruined my average career. It doesn't come back. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't you, come. You, back. Well, you have to fix it through surgery.
0: Yeah, that's you, the only way to fix it. And and that's if you fix it. So yeah. I've had the surgeries. Um, I loved uh, the only positive came out of COVID is we don't shake hands as much. You can fist pump. Sure. Okay. Because my right arm, look at that. My right arm six inches shorter than my left. Hold on. Get get straight here. Yeah. Oh I, my gosh. It's it's so screwed up. I, mean, I don't want to be a baby. I, no. People and, here. And, in the, the, and this is your throwing shoulder. It's torture. My elbow and shoulder is completely out. So I played through it. I went through it. Okay, How is was this so much I shorter, it Just again? through breaking your arm and breaking it, scar tissue. It doesn't. The shoulder and the elbow don't straighten out as much anymore. Go through your rap sheet of injuries again. It's what 40 broken bones. It's probably 40 plus. It's 40 surgeries. It's probably north of 80 broken bones. Yeah. Um, the the concussions back in the old. This little show our age. Remember, Mason Rudolph got knocked out. Yes. And they had to take his face mask yep. off. Those are that was what was diagnosed and called a concussion back in the day. Mm-hmm. You had to flat out be unconscious. I probably had two dozen of those. Mm. Unfortunately, when when once you get knocked out, and for young mothers out there and young kids out there, once you get one, the subsequent ones come exponentially easier. And once you've kind of been knocked out, the knocking out becomes exponentially easier. Yeah. Um, and it does not take at all a hard shot to put you into unconscious or la la land yeah. right now so those were those were happening to me at, at way too high a frequency you saw you saw guys you see guys that that's happening to now and the cognitive the cognitive stuff that happens in the short run you know we think we're invincible yeah um, the, I mean,
1: yeah, your prime was when you're playing in your 20s. When you're in, when you're in your 20s, no matter what, you you just don't think you're gonna die.
0: Well, you know? well, that coupled with the intense. I was talking uh, before I got uh, we came in today. I was talking about somebody that runs a, a sports organization, mm-hmm. and back in the old days, it was massive fear. So yeah, I, yeah
1: I, a, can can you share who it is? Um, Give us a hint.
0: It wasn't. It wasn't. Is it anybody. a big sports organization? Well, no, it's, it's within uh, and, uh, pro teams and stuff. So okay. down in Miami with, the, with some of the soccer teams and okay. fans that we know there. All right. But, but back in the day, and it sounds bad for 2023, but, and I'm not, it's just not picking on doctors. Yeah. Cause it was as much us and fear because we were feared of our jobs. Even myself as a, as the quarterback and stuff, yeah. it, I ended up getting cut. Mm-hmm. Um, Everybody is replaceable in a sports organization. And that that kind of element of fear had you to where you actually didn't want to come out either. You were so conditioned to, and oh my God, back, and this is wrong for young kids and young parents out there, young coaches in particular. Seeing stars isn't cool. But like, because uh, concussions, brain trauma, TBI, uh, fencing midbrain mm-hmm. midbrain bleeding and disorder is, is not really apparent from a, from a visible standpoint yeah. that you actually didn't believe you were hurt and mm-hmm. the guys didn't believe you were hurt. So you were actually made fun of by the coaches, yeah. the players, the people around you. So you were massively self-conscious that you actually didn't want to admit, say it, because you thought you were going to be replaced, and, and you were replaced sure. for, for not playing with a concussion. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy to think. Like, But, you know, you, know, you say whatever you want about the NFL and player safety or, or whatever, but now they ha- are starting to make those leaps and bounds to making things, you know, that – and, you know, you're one of the people that are helping make this yeah. a uh, – a, an okay thing to talk about and also make some uh, changes there too. But, you know, one, one thing I do want to talk to you about was the um, talking about being replaced, you know, and that's something that it's like the Browns leaving Cleveland and Bernie Kosar being traded to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, you know, what was, first off, where did you first hear the news of that? And obviously what was your reaction?
0: Yeah, bummed out. Sure. You know, I mean, we were in first place, yeah. so that uh, almost never happens. I don't know if it ever really happened from from that perspective. Um, it, we didn't have social media yeah. at the time. We really didn't have cell phones, and cell phones were just coming. So I had, I had one of those big old get smarts guys yeah. <laughs> that actually counted as bicep curls uh, yeah. for lifting that, <laughs> and. Um, I don't say this at all to cast the old organization and stuff because sure. it was evolving. But actually, I think Mary Kay Cabot, who still does an yeah. awesome job mm-hmm. off with the uh, I still the Cleveland call Cleveland yeah. Plain Dealer, my age, <laughs> Cleveland.com, that she called my office, called my dad, and her and my dad uh, talked about it, and then my dad and mom t- told me on the oh, way. Your mom and dad told. My you? mom and dad told me that I got whacked and I was literally driving into the facility um as i found out wow yeah and, and that set off kind of a, a pandemonium of it and it's you know it's kind of a, ended up i i really am positive as i age yeah. out and i i was back then but i i i really am morphing even more towards it and i and i don't do it to be Uh, for attention, other than I I, I really do embrace the spirituality of why things happen for a reason. And, you know, when that happened, God, of course, the selfishness, the madness of, oh, why me? Oh, it's terrible and all that. Probably couldn't have been a better life lesson for me. I mean. How so? Well, one in terms of I got the Super Bowl ring in my pocket, (laughs) you know, so 40 years ago. That's a flex. (laughs) 40 years ago, I was blessed to, to, this is the, um, anniversary of the 40-year national championship, yeah. 30-year anniversary of the Super Bowl. In between, I had nine nine great years in Cleveland. You know, being the the, the Browns and, and the dog pound era that, that kind of came to life yeah, and like stuff. the Golden era of Browns football. At that time, did I know that the Browns weren't going to go to the Super Bowl and I'd go to Dallas and get a Super Bowl ring? Did I not have to make the decision to go to Baltimore if I don't get? released mm-hmm. um a year and a half later sure do i go to baltimore and leave cleveland so i didn't really have to and i thank god i didn't have to make that decision yeah, yeah i mean and then the the relationships i got with it but then the life lessons of knowing to make the best out of a bad situation some of my great coaches austin were, were how you do little things is how you do all things and no matter how good you're doing, no matter how great things are, if heel, how cool it is we're here today. Yeah, yeah. But it's like every day got a conscious decision. You uh, Coach Snellenberg and Coach Johnson told me, um, every day you have a conscious decision. You never stay the same. Yeah. You get better or worse. So like every morning I wake up, I, I talk to myself. I don't know if that's my therapy or just my traumatic brain injury. But I wake up, I say, I want to I get better today. Yeah. I want to make a difference. And it con- I cognitively and consciously you know, think about that. And that came from Coach Snellenberg and Coach Johnson back, uh, back at the beginning of my formative football years. At the U. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And with the – I think it's so interesting, you know, talking about making a, a negative into a positive. You got released or traded or signed with the Cowboys on a Thursday – Uh, correct and then you Aikman was out on that Sunday yes and you not only started but you won the game I mean that that's pretty incredible to to have like two days with a playbook
0: to be to be to be um uh, released yeah and to think you know five days earlier you're the Cleveland Browns quarterback and you're in first place and all of a sudden he got the you got the big star on you and you're the Dallas Cowboy quarterback and I love I so love my Browns teammates and God it's they I didn't know.
1: make the decision you know yeah, yeah
0: and I don't even want to make this joke right now because we've been talking so much about health and wellness and I had a great great teammate on that team Bob Dahl who's no longer with mm. us and some of the issues that I said I had with, Overdose Awareness and, sure. and Suicide Prevention Month. Bob's no longer with us from uh, since last month, and I love him to death. From Chagrin High School, Notre Dame graduate, national champion, offensive guard for me in '92 and '93, um, and wasn't able to overcome some mm-hmm. of the some of the issues that, that I had too. So that's also part of a message to get out to to people and our not just our teammates and brothers, but to people out there that have that are going through stuff that we we're, we're here for you and making the best of a bad situation totally and, and figuring out some um, jimmy johnson line somehow some way yeah figure out how to make a place somehow some way figure out how to get in touch with us somehow some way some of the things that we're doing now in terms of the digestive enzymes the fermented super greens the trace minerals to uh, minimize the pressure to minimize the pain that's going on within my head um, has given me some kind of this relief to still be a productive, positive person. I learned them from those type lessons, through yeah. those type adversities. Go going through that at the time, I felt sorry for myself, sure. and it, it, it wasn't sure about that. But when you, you kind of have that foundational a foundational background in you from one my parents and growing up in Youngstown, Ohio. I mean, to be, to be a little boy and, and to grow up in Northeast Ohio and to go to a Brown Steelers game in the old, uh, I call it three rivers stadium yeah. in 1981. And the Browns had never won there and I'm still in high school. And then four years later, it's 1985. And I'm the starting quarterback. And in between, I'd gone to college, graduated, won a national championship. And Justin, Four short years, um, the foundation that I learned in Northeast Ohio and that toughness has me on the field here. I mean, that kind of gave me, um, um, I think, a lot of the uh, planted the seeds that are kind of still germinating within me.
1: Tell me about, you know, growing up in Youngstown. What kind of kid were you?
0: I want to say, I want to say, you know, super cool. (laughs) You know, I want to say massively outgoing. Sure. But, you I don't know, think some, anyone's gonna question that now. No, you know? but that's and that would be the act that a sixty-year-old man would want to play. Put sure. on, right now that I'm cool now, that I'm extroverted, that I minimize my anxiety, that I was that cool, uh, extroverted, um, um, multi-disciplined, multifaceted athlete in in high school. And the truth was, thank God for sports. Yeah, thank God for sports because. I was one of those kids in kindergarten, first, second grade, where I got basically all D's and Fs, mm. could not sit still. Yeah. I would for sure have been medicated. Like yeah. today. Like ADD. D. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For sure. Right <clears> then <throat> yeah. and, and I don't even want to use the words that they used to diagnose and call people back then. It wasn't ADHD, it sure. wasn't anxious, it was retarded sure, and dumb, yeah, yeah. you know, type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um challenged, stay in the corner. Yeah. Type stuff. Go get paddled by the teacher. Go get hit by the belts. Yeah, you know that's. But that helped me. Yeah. Okay. And I f- I didn't get medicated, and I'm glad how I turned out mm-hmm. now. But man, the inability to talk to people, the inability to be um, um, cope at mm-hmm. that age was tough. So sports was kind of my outlet. Yeah. For focus and that, and and then some of the great coaches and my father with. I Again, they'd, some of them, not my dad, but they, you'd be in jail. My coaches would be in jail today if they coached you. Oh, yeah. Like they... Yeah, um, so you got to earn water breaks. And, you know, Oh, you, half yeah, a yeah. cup of water for four hours yeah. and eat salt tablets. You know, to, to not flinch, to learn how to not flinch, to tie yourself to a tree and then have people hit you in the ribs so you don't flinch over so that when you've got a pass rush coming... I don't see Austin. They would tie you to a tree. Well, yeah, (laughs) you take you take some of the hits in the ribs. So I don't flinch. Yeah, I'm proud. I don't flinch. I mean, now as an old man, Yeah, 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 yeah. But when in the heat of battle in football, I could look right past you. Yeah, and I could not flinch and. That when you were a five-five running forty guy who could only lift a buck eighty-five, bro, not flinching and being accurate is an essential trait to have. That's unbelievable. So
1: that so that was birthed in you from a young kid, basically through. I mean, other, not a great way to put it, but kind of like legal torture back in the day through football.
0: And I would rather have had that at eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, fifteen. Sure. And now I turned out okay. Yeah, I'd say as so. As opposed to have been. Um, some of the things that are going on today. So that is absolutely one of my missions now for, it's not just, it's for sure just not us old guys. It's the younger parents. Look, at your age, I was a parent, okay? And I was pretending to know. I thought I knew, you know, uh, men, we're supposed to have all the answers, whether it's business, life, taking care of our kids. I love my grandfather. I love my father. I love Youngstown, Ohio. I love Northeast Ohio. There's some massive generational things that we're wrong with in terms of how we raise yeah. and, and, um, our kids, food-wise, nutrition-wise. I mean, again, this was a joke. It was a joke, but, I mean, y- you couldn't eat greens growing up. You're yelled at for that. Sure. You know, yeah. what do you drink of water for? Get a kid whiskey. Yeah. You know, come on. <laughs> come on.
1: Well, so, well, right now it's the Al Michaels thing where uh, – he doesn't eat, he's never
0: eaten a vegetable. I That heard is that. shocking to me. Yeah, I, I find out. I heard that.
1: That I mean, is wild. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. He's not going to like my diet. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: My Vitamix juicer with all the vegetables <laughs> in there. He's not coming near Bernie Kosar. That celery, carrot, ginger, turmeric is <laughs> with my fermented super greens. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you know, going into uh, how, how were you? Were you good?
1: Uh, Were you like the stud of stud coming out of high school? Like, did you, or were you one of those players that like blossomed at the end of of high school and kind of surprised
0: everyone as a quarterback? Well, I could talk football into you all day long. So if stud of stud meant (laughs) meeting girls, then no, I couldn't. I could talk plays and talk smack all day to coaches. No, but like, were you like a top recruit? So I thought I was. Yeah. Okay. At the beginning, I thought I was. I had all the big boys calling me and stuff. But then, when you really dive into the details and the depth of me, okay, I, I say this as a joke. I ran a forty and a five-five-five forty. That's I not very a, fast. No, that's <laughs> absolutely that's a, that's that's terrible. Okay, and 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 I had a buck eighty-five cave my chest in. Okay, barely. So. Um, when that comes out in the early 80s, a lot of teams weren't uh, uh, throwing the football then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wanted to stay. I'm a mommy's boy. I wanted to stay around here. Dan Marino was leaving Pitt, mm-hmm. um, Ohio State. Uh, Ohio State recruited Mike Tomczak. He was phenomenal. Quarterback, 16 years. Pitt um, and Foz didn't want to recruit me. They were only. It was only an hour to two hours from my house. And then uh, Notre Dame. Was some, as a little boy, as a Catholic little boy growing up, it's heresy, sacrilegious. Sure. The 11th commandment is thou shalt watch Notre Dame football Saturday yeah. and Sunday morning. <laughs> um, so wanting to go there. Um, Jerry Faust, I love him. He's such a great guy. But he was the coach then. He he, he said he didn't think I could be a, a major college quarterback. Sure. And a couple of those schools backed away from me. So really the only schools are recruiting. me. So Notre Dame kind of. Screwed you then. Not screw me, but they didn't but, think I could play. Sure. But yeah. then
1: when other people saw Notre Dame not being into you, then they kind of shied away. Right. Sure.
0: And or and or they just realized, hey, I'm also running a 5 5 yeah. But yeah. Howard Snellenberger and the Florida schools, Florida, Florida State. Actually, Mike Shanahan and John Elway, who were my nemesis in my NFL career. Yeah. Mike Shanahan was the offensive coordinator at the University of Florida recruited me, and Howard Snellenberger – and then the West Coast was Stanford and California. Okay. But Coach Snellenberger's presence, and then he said, look, Miami hasn't been good, but we're going to win a national championship in five years, and I play every good team. Mm-hmm. He yep. goes, the teams that don't like you, that don't think you're good enough, you'll get a chance to go play. And I saw Notre Dame on the schedule, and Jim Kelly was the quarterback, so I had a chance to sit, uh, sit and learn from Jim Kelly. He ended up getting hurt, and then I had a chance to play.
1: Wow. Yeah, I, I love the story about how because you know you were number twenty in college. That is not a quarterback number. It also it just looks weird when you see it when you see it on a quarterback. It was like a Teddy Bridgewater wearing fifty uh, in the, uh, 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 the the preseason th- th- this year. But there's an interesting story as to why you wore twenty. Though, tell me about that.
0: Yeah, egotistically uh, to. Um, Vinny Testaverde was there. Jim Kelly. Vinny Testaverde is the antithesis of me. He is the athletic specimen. <laughs> he is the Greek god. You guys really did kind of have a shadowing career. Oh, he was—you <laughs> know—he's running a 4640. He's chucking up three twenty-five. He's got muscles on muscles. Jim Kelly's the man. He's got big muscles. So I, at first, they gave me. Like number one or number two. Yeah. So I look like a bean pole. Okay. <laughs> so I'm like fifth string quarterback. They were out of real numbers, like the 12, 13, 14s. So I got 20 because I was fifth string quarterback and it made me look bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's just an egotistical play.
1: But then you still wanted to wear that at the Browns, but they wouldn't let you, correct? So that's why it you went 19? So,
0: it was so awesome. I did not know and that. The NFL had rules where quarterbacks could only be up to 19 mm-hmm. at that point. And I'm so blessed to have had the great um, mm-hmm. Ernie Corsi, was the general manager back then. He was the head of media for the Baltimore Colts, and I'm massively showing my old man age right now, Yeah, of the Baltimore Colts in the 60s. And he was one of the guys who got Johnny Unitas. And I, Johnny wore high tops, and I uh, wore high tops. And he goes, I remind I reminded him of Johnny Unitas. Yeah. Unitas was 19, so that's how he he gave me 19. That, that was super honored for that. That was awesome.
1: You know? Yeah. You know, looking back, I mean, I mean, you're still talked about today. We were talking about it earlier that you know, being the Cleveland quarterback. Yeah. You now, mm-hmm. what what are you most proud of looking back on, on your career and the impact you've made here in Cleveland?
0: Thanks for asking that. You know what? I would have said a few years ago, mm-hmm. Being from here and playing here, and in the '70s, whether it was Youngstown or Cleveland, it was kind of known as the car bomb capital sure, of, yeah. of America. Yeah. Um, our rivers were on fire. The Cuyahoga River, could, people couldn't even say Cuyahoga, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it Cayuga. was, yeah, it was on. <laughs> so uh, the unemployment, we were coming out of uh, uh, bankruptcy from our city. We were the butt of national jokes. So, kind of wanting to come here at the probably the lowest point and then watching that uh, resurrection of it and then not to be cocky, but really being a part of it and, Mm -hmm. and not just doing things from the football field, but then um, I was really active business-wise and financially then to kind of business also help the, the economic engine get going in downtown Cleveland. I'd kind of thought that that was cool and that was going to be it. Sure. And then I could chill at fifty nine sixty and rest off of my laurels and enjoy the fruits of what happened in the past and as I'm trending into this late third quarter early fourth quarter of my life, Austin, I um, you're at halftime. Well, you're thanks. Half. <laughs> in, well, the, in real in in real body language and the the human body in the internal organs are meant to go to one hundred twenty five one hundred thirty years old. Sure. So that is halfway. The environmental toxins and things within the environment and some of the ways we treat ourselves and package processed food and food is our medicine. That is my obsession Um, cuts that down. But I really uh, I actually felt like all of this stuff that happened in my past was almost a precursor to put me here now for the stuff we really started off talking about. And even though we're talking about it on air for the listeners out there, I mean, heck, it, the times me and you're together, we almost always morph into... Yeah. And again, I keep saying it, I... I, I
1: well, but you can tell that you're super... It's, it's become part of your life. It's become part of you, and and you should be super proud of talking about it because of the leaps and bounds that you've been able to go by the choices that you've been able to do and the discipline well, surrounding it, well, too. Well,
0: thank you, and, and thanks for the discipline, too, because when you do some of this on a regular basis, I don't even need discipline. It really does affect and help my um, ability to just naturally want to do the right thing it's yeah. almost like your body calls for it but almost to why i'm also so passionate about it is i've been to way too many celebrations of life sure for funerals yeah okay it's not a celebration yeah and it's not my i i thought at your age i was gonna be going to funerals celebrations of life for people my age and up oh, in their 80s yeah oh my god Bro, I'm going to your age and down. Mm. Okay, too many of them. Yeah. I did a couple now with kids that um, tried doing some of the programs. And part of what I've done and how I got myself through the withdrawals, through the initial stages of it, are massively tortured. So I was super proud to how to get myself and people through the withdrawal stage of mm-hmm. it, which which inhibits a lot of people. But one of the stages I was missing was this stage I'm in now of how do you holistically do your day-to-day daily wellness on a holistic uh, basis, and I hadn't had that, and that's kind of why today I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be launching it. But in the last few months, really knowing that there's something there four people in that continuing care, that daily wellness, because sometimes it is a daily struggle for all of us. and, and, And it's not any one thing, but the combination of really being part of a community that really understands health, wellness, and and cares about you. And that's that's really my mission and passion now, yeah. not just business-wise, but life-wise. Uh,
1: absolutely. And, you know, it's kind of best of both worlds, I'm sure, for you being able to combine your, your passion with, with business as well. But, you know, with CoastarWellness.com launching today, of course, um, but what's something that you're really excited about how this is going to impact people's lives? So, you know, you're talking about, you know, the legacy that you leave, on, that you have on the field that has now followed you, but this could, this is potentially a legacy that you're going to leave for you know years and years
0: and years as well. Wow! Thanks for saying it like that because, you know, that's that's kind of my mission sure. or, or hope that I'm able to really articulate um, a, a message and a community out there. We're not only not just to say, hey, here we are, we look better, we sound better. Matter of fact, that's not at all. It's just to say, hey, the stuff I took this morning, okay, why don't you take that? Because that's what's helping me feel better, look better, and be cognitively present. Because I wouldn't have been here seven years ago. Whether I, I wouldn't have wanted to, you wouldn't have wanted me to. And and so many people are kind of thinking through. Uh, Thinking with that type of mindset, and we're we're not only just trying to change that type of mindset, but give them the simple tools to be able to to feel like this.
1: And a lot of it's through supplements. What are some of the things that are that are on the site that people can be able to implement in their own lives?
0: So one of one of the main things is food is our medicine. Mm -hmm. Fresh food is our medicine with smart supplementation. So even though I was I was um, what I thought was super healthy, not understanding. Digestive enzymes, trace minerals, fermented super greens. So, so many of us today, we wake up, we're hungry. Modified intermittent fasting. So, some of the the way our foods break down with the digestive enzymes, the trace minerals that reduce cravings, not only do they break down the food that you can naturally absorb them, but it also um, develops that health and uh, healing of the gut. So, the gut, brain connectivity from the mental side sure. massively has helped out well, if some of like myself today the fermented super greens um it's so natural as a guy who's running around doing stuff to have, to grab the pastry to grab the 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 coffee with massive amounts of sugar and lattes in it i know it's basically a, a a milkshake then. Yeah. But to be able to take good water, and that's easier said than done today, to Definitely. find good, clean water. This lawn. is pretty
1: average water. It kind of tastes like a little bit of yeah. a hint of Cuyahoga. But, in it. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, a plastic, yeah, I, I cringe at the yeah. plastic of that. But, but to put, uh, so simple to, for me to put a couple scoops of my fermented super greens in there and to drink it, okay, to get the nutritional value of it, to get the fresh food and the, the, the smart supplementation, and then... To really avoid the pastry, the cookie, the thing that's gonna lay around you and stuff. Yeah. And I have a cool doc. Uh, I have a cool doctor, uh, Dr. Michael Roizen, who um, I w- I used to go when I retired in 1997 um, through 2017. I literally Austin would be able, would go 72, 96, 120 hours, three, four, five days without sleeping. Wow. So. That these cognitive issues, the the TBI fencing. Um, unfortunately, I had the same NFL docs that Tua Tangov, Tua yeah. has in I just my. not say Tua. Yeah. Yeah. Tua <laughs> is easy. But the same doctor, um, they uh, Tua has a thing where he, he saw him on the on the um, um, sidelines yeah. on the on the stretcher yeah. paralyzed yeah. last year. Yeah. Called fencing. Midbrain disorder, where your peripheral um, paralysis happens, so Mm -hmm. fingers, toes, freeze up. Almost, I believe, the same thing that Mitch McConnell has when you freeze up and you saw that 18 seconds. That's scary. Well, Austin, that was happening to me all the time. That's still in anxiety, in tiredness, in not good health. When I'm not, and again, it's not a pitch. It's actually why I have my daily wellness essentials. It's my survival kit. If I don't have those, those signals, those things that I have, the bleeding in the brain, Mm -hmm. um, amplifies. And you'll see me um, nervous with the extremities moving, almost like a person on a spectrum, uh, autism runs in our family. You asked how I was as a younger kid more towards the spectrum would have been diagnosed with that um um, so how do you how do you um, rectify those things a lot of it is with your diet and the connectivity of your your stomach and your diet has massively helped my abilities to to um um, function and live and be productive and i don't say that for myself i say that for the people out there that aren't being productive who who want to. And it's, I I challenge people that from the family and friend perspective, if you see people kind of going through that, as opposed to just harping on them and yelling at them and telling them they're messed up, we know it. Okay. We know we're trying and, and giving them a pathway of, of the fresh food, of smart supplements, give them an option. Okay. Give them I'm not saying to sell us, but give them my daily wellness essentials. Just don't give them language. Don't give them just an attitude. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, get the tongue lashing. We may deserve it. We probably deserve it. Yeah. Okay? But if you really want to help us, the tongue lashing, even when deserved may be helped if you hand them something that could give them something to help alleviate the, the pressure that's going on in their head.
1: Sure. Do you do, like, cold therapy or anything? What's that? Do you do cold therapy? Cold therapy? Yeah.
0: Oh, God, yes. Do you?
1: Like the yeah. cryo or, like, ice so, baths?
0: So, absolutely. Um, the ice the ice baths we used to live in. Yeah. Cryotherapy, absolutely, for the modulization of inflammation, I love. I actually go to... Um, and I'm working with my electromagnetic frequency suits. Part of my uh, exercise. Oh, I saw you that. Yeah, yeah it looked like the, you're a space guy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and that's not. Hey, I, I no, I have no muscles, so I'm a mini Batman. Okay? Yeah, oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I don't say that at all to sell. Um, that is, I don't over as a guy with all those surgeries, joint pain, and that the the to the EMF technology and wearing that bodysuit, Is one of the main ways I I exercise and and lose weight and stuff. But I go to Pure Cryo and the Medina Square. Sure. And the Medina Country Club has a great performance center. And doing the cryotherapy and doing the red light sauna, you really need to, to flush and detox the environmental toxins that are out there, the heavy metals that are in so many of us right now. The heavy metals absolutely are amplifying and accelerating some of the dementia rates and some of the autistic rates that are they're happening within kids families and us older people so yeah the the, the cryotherapy to modulate it and the the infrared infrared saw is absolutely part of my my treatments
1: yeah awesome um this has been awesome bernie i uh do, I meant to ask you this question right off the top. I think it's an interesting question. Um, it's an important question. I, I ask this to people that maybe aren't like as well-known or as famous, and I and I see this in interviews all the time, of like, if they're not super well-known, uh, they say, hey, describe yourself. How, how would you describe yourself? We know who you are. We know your credentials. But in your own words, how would you describe Bernie Kosar?
0: You know, that's a great question. And isn't that a really hard question? You know, as a guy who... Um, you know, as proudly sometimes thinks he has multiple personalities. Yeah. You know, um, trying to decide right now, kind of which personality, you know, I am and sure. who, who I am. And I, I said, I was t- coming down here today uh, on the interview, and as you're saying that, and this may not be right, I may want this back, okay, but there are at times, okay, I'm gonna be 60 uh, coming up in November. And again, in the pursuit of I'm still working, I'm developing a business, um, I'm looked at by people as, as somebody that they look up to mm-hmm. and, and has a plan and has all your faculties together and, and massively confident and stuff. And, and to a degree, I'm significantly more of that than I was six years ago mm-hmm. for that. But how, um, how do you get like that? And and how, really, how are are you um, from that? The TBI, and again, I'm not saying this for the NFL concussion stuff. That stuff's really real. Yeah. The CTE, 91% of the guys who have passed in the NFL have been shown to have the CTE um, slash TBI. Talked about fencing and the midbrain disorder and stuff of that one of the things that you do is that the your your brain is deteriorating and your memory is deteriorating and your body is unfortunately accelerating deteriorating and stuff is is how do you really hold that off and that how do you how do you really act around that so one of the mental things and why I'm so into the connectivity of the stomach and brain is you almost become like a little 8, 9, 10-year-old boy. Okay. So you're really emotional. Okay. You, know, you really care about people. Like, um, you know, when I look in someone's eyes now, I can't forget about you. Sure. I have a depth that I'm able to kind of feel and see some of the things that are going on within you. And, I, and uh, the things that I tend to see now are the things that are hurting people, and mm-hmm. the things that are paining people, the things that we're trying to pretend aren't there and I can't forget them yeah and and a lot of the things now um, I could see are, are not the hardest fixes in the world so it's almost like now I see myself as part of me this little boy again <laughs> yeah. who was growing up in Youngstown just wanted to be a quarterback and and play for his boyhood team and now I'm, I'm almost like that little boy who felt good I trust most of the world. I get bent over and hurt by people because I still trust like an 8 or 10-year-old boy and that, sure. that screws me badly in business. But in terms of personally how I feel and fulfilling and how I genuinely feel like I could uh, genuinely care and make people uh, feel better from a, an emotional side and now to have things from a physical side with food is your medicine, that, that almost converges of it. I'm, I'm super proud uh, to kind of be embracing some of the injuries that I've had and some of the cognitive issues because it's made me feel and understand maybe some more of the emotional things that men for sure tried to ditz yeah. and put to the side. Oh, I'm not emotional. Oh, I don't care about you. Oh, I don't mind about pain. Yeah, you know. Well, I, I do. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> I, I do now.
1: <sighs> well, hey, now that you're feeling better, we if Deshaun's not going to be playing, PJ Walker, and if he goes down, I, I think we got to bring Bernie Kosar in here. I, how, how many yards are you throwing for this if, if in today's NFL, if you're going out there at sixty
0: years old? As long as they don't hit me, okay, <laughs> Coach Stefanski, coming up with those good motion shifts and personnel groups, couple of nice strategic screen plays, and then I got to <laughs> shout out to Coach Callahan because what he's doing with the offensive line with those injuries, oh, yeah. is keeping guys healthy. So it, it's actually impressive. I'm not looking. I'm not working for the Browns. I don't work for Deshaun. Yeah. And I, how the Browns have handled the last. Week or so in particular with the Sean, I actually really like. Um, it's a tricky, tricky spot that he's in. I'm not. I'm not a uh, his marketing agent. I have. I don't have a big relationship with him, so I have no reason to cover for him. But I absolutely know that when I played with this injury and I was able to do it, it was towards the end of the season. Sure. Okay. at yeah, Not the
1: beginning of the season. Okay. Yeah.
0: So it does not go away. Yeah. So. Could you end up going out there and fighting your way through a game and throwing checkdowns and running a little bit and trying not to fall on your shoulder? You can get away with that for a couple games and stuff. But what we always remember, I had some amazing seasons. I had some really killer games in the middle of the year, okay? You forget them (laughs) because of what happens in January. Sure. So. I would love to see Deshaun play the last couple of weeks just because I'm bored on Sunday. I want to see him play. Okay, but if he's playing hard on these Sundays with a micro tear of the rotator cuff, that does not go away. It ain't going away the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so he's still going to have that issue. So if he would have played the last couple weeks, even this week or so, it's I know it's inside. So, I did this and uh, played again at the Houston Astrodome with the same injury. And How brutal was that turf?
1: That's all I it Just the that turf. Like perfect. That's where yeah. I was going with it. <laughs>
0: right. So, he could say, Wonder throwing. And you get involuntary twitches. It's not the pain, people. It's not. He could handle it. I could handle it. It's that you get an involuntary muscle movement, an involuntary twitch. So, you could throw. I threw 30 passes, I think, that game. Okay. 25, 26, I loved them, okay, but five were terrible, and it was because of an involuntary twitch. It didn't hurt. It just made the ball not go where it's supposed to go. Interesting. So if you're the cue and you can't drive it 30 yards downfield and you got to manipulate that and you can't throw a 50-yard bomb, yeah. okay, and then 12% of your passes – are going to be involuntarily off target to where um, you get your receiver killed or worse, it's intercepted. Okay. You're killing your team. So yeah, it's, to me, it had nothing to do with pain. Matter of fact, I wish it was just painful because then I could do that. Sure. So I know Deshaun could do that. This is not a pain thing. This is God, I'm going to go out there and then I'm going to, I can miss six, seven throws. And look at this. For Austin. And
1: could be interceptions.
0: Interceptions yeah. in Austin. Look at what happened to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I love that kid. Okay, I love what he did. He played through it just like I did. He played every game. He manipulated the docs to go play. I yeah. respect that. I love that. But look at his career. Yeah. I love that young man. And it took him three or four trips and personal and now, finally, hell. And now finally figuring it out. Yeah. <laughs> Sort of, yeah. yeah. But the personal hell that you got to go through—he's out of the city. Yeah, he's been to four cities, three cities since then, and he did that. So it's tricky. So it's one—it's a personal thing. I don't think the 230 million even plays into it. And I'm, but I'm a pilgrim and I'm naive on stuff. Okay. <laughs> I just, uh, if you go Look at play, the Quaker oats over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bless me, Father. You know? Um. So I I just see that part of it for the ch- ch- delicateness of it because we'll forget we'll forget maybe we won't forget the San Francisco game okay yeah but you will in December well I
1: hope we forget it because that means we get a bigger win coming right down that, the,
0: that you have stuff going on yeah. and then this with the way this defense is and the way and again I know Coach Stefanski and has taken some flack on the offense I. The offense could run the ball and the defense is crushing Unbelievable. You. Okay, this team could go anywhere. Okay. Yeah. Nobody's gonna want to play this team in January. So it's just about getting to January right yeah. now. Okay, yeah, of course we want a home field advantage. Look at on this defense with our running game, look at San Francisco, that defense is awesome. And they knew for sure that P.J. Walker was going to run the ball. Yeah. Okay, and we still ran for 160. Absolutely. And Joel Petonio wasn't in there.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, they want to talk about
0: their injuries. Look at our injury,
1: right. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. exactly. Yeah. So from a, from a Browns perspective, I, I know it's frustrating here around Halloween that we're not seeing him. But. Take it from a guy who lives for January yeah. and trying to get a game in February. Okay. It just unfortunately put too much of my life into trying to play a football game in February. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that's what matters and that's what you gotta gear towards. And right now, as much as I want to see Deshaun too, if I saw him out there and I'm those guys, I'd drill him into the turf and he would not be able to be able healthy. And when we really need them in December and January. Sure.
1: Yeah. Bernie, I want to be respectful of your time. Thank you so much. You know, I mean, athletes have this aura about them sometimes that, you know, they're kind of they're kind of buttheads. You are, you are the opposite of a butthead. You are you are so Thanks generous you. with your time. I so appreciate you you, you coming on, and we, I mean you're just so generous and uh, such a you know just a great guy all around. So hey. I uh, I'm
0: gonna stop blowing smoke up your butt. But, hey, wait, that's highlight. Uh, I hope my day keeps going. I'm not, not a butthead. <laughs> you didn't call me Joe Bag of Donuts, okay? So <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank
1: brother. you, brother. I appreciate you Thanks. so much. Thank you, you matter. Thank you. You do too.